Blog Talk Radio. Can you hear me now? Yay! Yay! Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Book Journeys Radio. This is Dr. Angela Loria. I am the founder of the Author Incubator and creator of The Difference Process for writing a book that matters. Uh, We are doing a two-part show with Andrea Owen, who is the author of – Andrea, tell me the name of your book again. (laughs) 52 Ways to Live a Kick-Ass Life. 52 Ways to Live a Kick-Ass Life. Uh, her website, if you want to check it out, is yourkickasslife.com. Had a little trouble getting started today, some technical difficulties, but we are here now. So Andrea's book, 52 Ways to Live a Kick-Ass Life, um, she talked about a little in last week's show, and you can go ahead on Blog Talk Radio um, slash book-journeys and hear part one of that show but I'm going to let Andrea take a minute and tell you what her book is about. So tell us about 52 Ways to Live a Kick-Ass Life. It's, it's Self-Help for Women, the very bottom line of it, and it's really just 52 short, bite-sized, digestible nuggets of wisdom to live your best life, everything from body image to perfectionism, giving up control, um, all, the whole gamut of basically life lessons that I've learned over the last seven years of a, of a very fast self-help journey myself. So, Andrea, you, you are a life coach, and what, what else do you do? Talk about how this book ties into your business. So, yes, I'm a life coach for women, and I help women who are kind of like done with therapy if they, if they went through that, and they're sort of like, now what? So it's these kind of little things that are um, that are happening in their life that that they need to live kind of what I say their own kick-ass life. So that's exactly what I do. That's awesome. So last week we talked about how for you getting um, a publisher that could really help with distribution was part of mm-hmm. the key for what you wanted to do. And so we talked about finding an agent, writing a proposal. Um, finding help, so you actually had some pretty, uh, pretty important mentors along the way. You used mm-hmm. um, Danielle Laporte's big, beautiful book plan, and then you actually hired someone to help you with, with your book proposal that helped you get a pretty kick-ass agent, which was exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you got a deal with a publisher who was able to help you take your book to places where if you self-published, you probably wouldn't have been able to get to, certainly not as easily. And right. um, so that's, you know, bookstores and other distribution channels. Um, but I know that you talked uh, also about the importance of having a platform. So today, so uh, in, in the first episode, we talked really about the publisher's platform, how the publisher was going to help you reach people. Let's let's talk about your platform, how, how you've um, – how you've built a platform and, and really what it is and why it matters for an author. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it used to be the other way around in traditional publishing. You would get a book deal and then your platform would come after that. But since the birth of self-publishing and things have changed, so what, author, sorry, what publishers are really looking for is for you to have an established platform already and have that platform be around 
obviously people that are going to be interested in your book. So they kind of want a guaranteed audience that are already going to be interested in purchasing the book. So did you want me to talk about like how I built it or what it looks like exactly in terms of numbers? Yeah, so we use, you know, especially as publishers, we throw around this term platform, but I think for a lot of authors, they don't even really know what a platform is. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they might have maybe a mailing list or something like that. I know when you started, you had 3,000 subscribers to your newsletter. You had 15,000 social media followers. For a lot of people, they're not there yet. You know, maybe they've got a couple hundred people on their mailing list. So. Um, so let's let's talk about let, let's talk about what you think uh, what you think an author needs to have to get an agent interested. Yeah, well, it's it's so subjective because I've I've had actually a former client of mine who did not have quite as large of a platform that I did, and she got a book deal uh, with a smaller Christian publisher, and then another friend of mine who has great writing credentials. She's She's a freelancer for Parenting.com and you know magazines and things like that. She got a book deal as well, so she doesn't have like an email list at all. But she had already had an established kind of resume, if you will, of writing credentials. So I mean, I don't want anyone out there to think like, oh, because I don't have 3,000 people on my email list, there's no way I'll get an agent or a publisher. It does happen. It just it's a lot easier, I think, for you to have that established platform. And um, my agent suggested that I, at one point she suggested that I take six months to a year to work my ass off and build my platform even more to focus on that in order to get a better deal. And in the end, we decided not to do that, but that was discussed. So I, yeah, yeah, and I think if you're working on a book, um, if you're you're working on a book, if you know you're going to work on a book in, in the future, if you know you want to have a book, having a platform is going to be a key conversation you're going to have with people. So what goes into mm-hmm. building a platform? What are some of the things you've done to, to build your list, your followers? Well, definitely A number one is having a website and having a website that speaks directly to your message. And if, you, if you're sure that you're going to write a book on a certain topic, make sure your website says that. I mean, if, you, if, you're, if you're talking to stay-at-home moms, and then you later want to write a book that had, like, about how women can learn how to fix cars, it doesn't make any sense. So make sure that everything is in alignment, your message, your website, the copy on your website, um, communicating regularly with these people, and especially if you're going to be an author, start blogging. Create blog posts on a consistent basis. Try your best to be I hate to use this word, but extraordinary at it and give people a lot of really amazing, valuable content. Uh, we're inundated these days with the Internet and email and everything. So give people juicy, juicy stuff because you want to make sure that your open rates are good. You want to make sure that you're building that list. Like people are signing up because they want to hear from you. So that's, that's one of the things. And, um, and people often ask me, like, what's more important, social media? Should I focus on that or should I focus on an email list? I always say email list. Those are direct people that signed up that want to hear from you. They want your stuff in their email box. So if you can only focus on one, if you only have the time, focus on that. And social media is important too. Um, everybody's on Facebook. It's like over 1 billion people are on Facebook now. That's like a seventh of humanity. It's incredible. <laughs> so just 
be be real in, in everything that you write about. You know, always go back to your message of what your main message is, what you think your book might be about, and communicate well with your people and consistently. Okay, so we're going to break this down for people. There are three main pillars of building a platform. One is your email list. Two mm-hmm. is social media. And then three mm-hmm. is just visitors to your website who may, who may also follow you on social media or may also be on your newsletter list. But there are three right. different metrics. And wherever you are right now, one of the first steps I would say is figure out where you are. If your newsletter is zero, that's fine. You could double. Everybody really starts there. Um, right? So, so the first thing is your newsletter. See where you are. The second thing is social media. Get a lay of the land there and see where you are. Third thing is your website visitors, or it could be building a website. So let's take them one, one uh-huh. at a time. You said you think newsletter is the most important or, or your email list is the most important. So let's talk about your newsletter. How, um, what, what platform do you use for your email service, and how did you get the people to join your newsletter? I use MailChimp. I always have. And I, the best way that I have gotten people to sign up is from blogging and having an opt-in. So in other words, if you don't know what that is, it's basically when people land on your website and you have a compelling reason for them to give you their email address, whether it's like a free e-course that you offer, um, a free e-book, that's kind of the norm, quote, unquote. But it can be, it can be a few different things and where it's not a ton of, a ton of work for you. But and, to, and be really clear with people when they sign up. Like, this is how often you're going to hear from me. I might be selling you some stuff. You know, use better language than that. <laughs> you know what I mean. And uh, I'm going to sell you some stuff. You're going to love it. <laughs> you are going to be amazed at how awesome my things are. Exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, automatically I start seeing how these three different components of a platform are tied together. Because for you, building a newsletter required having a website where you had uh, some opt-in content, and then driving people to that website came from blog posts. So when you talk about having 9,000 unique monthly visitors to your website, how are those Mm -hmm. people getting there? What are they hearing about? What are you blogging about? It's What has worked for me, and I'm not saying this is going to work for everyone, but being in the self-help industry, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners are in this industry, it can, you know, it gets, it gets kind of typecast, if you will. Like, we have a reputation of being woo-woo and things like that. So I, and this comes, I never would want somebody to do that because it just come naturally to that. I'm just telling you my personal experience. Has been writing about self-help, and sometimes, if you can, be provocative about it. Maybe not provocative, mm-hmm. but, but have an opinion and stand by it wholeheartedly. Like, if you are that type of person that gets up on her soapbox and becomes an evangelical preacher about it, write like that. That's what people like, and that's what gets people's attention. Because, again, we're so inundated. Like, we want to read something that's going to make us think critically or that's going to ruffle our feathers or that we're going to have either the same, like, amen opinion or we're going to have the opposite opinion. That is the kind of stuff that has worked really well for me. I want to just give you one really quick tip, too, that I learned later on, which I, I wish. This is like one regret. I wish I would have done this sooner. The, um, the plug-in opt-in skin. I, if you, I can give you the link. I'm an affiliate, so <laughs> I love them. That's awesome. It's basically a plug-in. 
the plugin that goes you can put at the bottom, you can put it anywhere on your website, but where I use it most is the bottom of every blog post. Because if people are reading your entire blog post and they get to the end of that and they have to go and look for where they can get your updates, that's a huge mistake. Or they have to go back to your homepage or even scroll back to the top. If someone is that interested and they get through an entire blog post and they're interested, then they, you want them right there and then and there. Here's where you sign up for my updates. Name, email, done, and done. So, and you can track it. So that's another thing I wish that I would have done sooner. I wish that I would have tracked what blog posts were working. Because before I would just look at my whole numbers on MailChimp and say like, oh, I had a great month. This one wasn't so good. I wish that I would have been able to look and say, this is the reason I did really well. This is the reason I did not so well. That way you can keep doing more of what works. So, again, it, it comes down so to just if you go to, oh, go ahead. If you go to yourkickasslife.com and you click on Andrea's blog, any of her blog posts, um, at the bottom of them it says, like this post, sign up for updates. And it's a really mm-hmm. bright pink box, which is one of you know, the kind of key branding colors that Andrea uses, and keeping that consistent is also uh, a helpful way to get subscribers because it makes people trust you more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and so she's got this nice bright pink color. It's really big. If I've gotten to the end of her blog post, all I have to do is give her my first name and my email address. So I love that. You're not asking mm-hmm. for my address, my phone number. It's really simple, first name and email address the go button and she's added to you to her list. Yeah. So another thing that really works, you, can I just say people, one more thing that really works? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and and you, may, you guys all may have heard this before, but it's very cliche, but it's right post. People love to read bulleted lists uh, or numbered lists. Um, for instance, a post that I wrote maybe a month or so ago called 11 Things Happy Women Do, the last time I checked, had been shared more than 8,000 times. 8,000 wow. times, you guys. Because it's simple. Because a lot of times I think as life coaches, we think that like everybody knows this stuff. But we are not our ideal client. We are not our ideal reader. So I don't, I don't mean like dumb it down, but just like keep it simple, sister. Simple stuff. People love it, and that gets shared like wildfire on social media. Wow, that's amazing. So, um, like, so, I, <laughs> so what, if, what are your most successful topics? What are, the, what are the things that people come back for to read the most? I think personally people love that I, I have a very no-bullshit approach on things and I don't sugarcoat. And I am sort of like the self-help for people that might be embarrassed in the self-help aisle. Um, I'm sort of like the... Your, your, your BSF that's going to call you out on your shit and tell you the hard truth. And that's, that's the feedback that I've got that people love about me. So uh, I love that. So what I try to write. The, uh, mm-hmm. I, talk about the, I talk about the 10 steps to writing a book that makes a difference. And step number one is really all about defining your ideal reader. And we've put a little bit about that with your platform, that if you want to help people fix cars, make your blog about that. If you want to help – stay-at-home moms feel more fulfilled, right, about that, but, but try not mm-hmm. to be everything to everyone. Whatever your book is about, make your, make your website about as well. And then step number exactly. two is about identifying your voice. And there's not a right answer here. The wrong answer is not doing this. So when Andrea is <laughs> um, throwing around four-letter words pretty liberally and she's describing herself as your best friend and sort of the anti-self-help 
make your life better in a not necessarily woo-woo way, but in a little bit of a mm-hmm. saucier, spicier way. That's her voice. I know it when I see it. I'm like, oh, that's very – in fact, somebody – on a forum I was on was like, Hey, can I use kick ass on my website? I want to be kick ass something. And I was like, yeah, that's Andrea Owens thing. Like, mm-hmm. so knowing your voice is another really important step that it's not, um, it's not just, it's not just knowing who you're writing for, but knowing what you want your relationship to be with them. So I love when you, mm-hmm. Um, I love when you describe it as like their, you know, their best friend or something. You're right. not necessarily you know writing a as a host or like I, you have everything figured out. Well, yeah. I see a lot, Angela, and I don't know if you see this too, but because I work with brand new coaches that are just starting out, and this was, I did the exact same thing. So I knew who I was with my friends and in my personal life and with my husband, et cetera. And then when it came to my business, all of a sudden I got really serious. And I, I found myself mm-hmm. centering my writing a lot because I wanted to, I mean, this was my own stuff. Like I wanted everybody to like me. I didn't want to piss anybody off and it just didn't sound like me. And it happened in the book mm. too. I had to go back and edit chapters where I just was trying to be a little bit too vanilla, if you will. So that's mm-hmm. what I encourage people to do. Just like how awesome is it? Like how blessed are we that we are in a business, we are entrepreneurs where we can be who we are exactly who we are. I mean, that's what we're teaching as coaches. So why is it any different with us and with our businesses? So I invite people to check yourself. Like if that, if you find yourself doing that, then go back and edit. And a lot of what I wrote is I write things with nobody in mind. And let me explain that for a second. So in other words, if I get caught up in the, who's going to read this? Who is this going to make mad? And like, I'll write a completely crappy piece of writing. So a lot of times I, I use the exercise of, Someone has just emailed me something, a question, and I'm hitting reply and emailing one person back. Would that be the yeah. same blog post or chapter in a book as if you, or if you knew 50,000 people were going to read it? So I actually learned that from a coach. That was my exercise. <laughs> and it changed everything. Yeah, I love that. And the thing is, so often, you know, we hear somebody like a Danielle Laporte or Tim Ferriss and we want to be like them, so we're trying to copy their mm-hmm. voice. But there's not, there's not like a right or a wrong way. It's about you being who you authentically are. Somehow people can just see through that. If you're trying to write like someone else or write like you think a coach should write or write like you think somebody with 50,000 followers should write, mm-hmm. um, people see through that and they want to hear you write like you, like you would, you know, reply to an email to one person. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so with the newsletter you talked about, you write a blog post at the bottom, have a way for people to opt in, maybe in the post give away something that people, uh, like an e-course or something that people would want to give you their email addresses for. Let's talk about social media. What platforms are you on? How do you get followers and how do you engage with them? I'm on pretty much all of them um, except for Tumblr. So basically I'm on Facebook, I have a, a personal and a business page. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and YouTube. The ones I use the most are Facebook. I would say Facebook and Instagram. Um, <clears throat> I'm not active on Twitter. Like, I always respond to people, and I post sometimes, and I always, like, follow people back. But I don't – I would say primarily Facebook and Instagram are my primary uses of social media. I'm sorry, what was the and, second about your question? It, 
And 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 how do you how do you use it? How does it work? Do you do you schedule time? Do you schedule posts? Are you do you dedicate time? Because social media is something that can really expand to fill time. So how do you you want mm-hmm. your platform to grow? So people are interested. Publishers, agents are interested in your number of followers. How do you get those followers, mm-hmm. and how do you not have social media take over your whole life? I I did schedule for a while, and it's something that I want to get back into. Um, I just I haven't you know set all that up because it takes time to settle <laughs> set it all up. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I just kind of like when the mood strikes me. <laughs> I try to post every day on my Facebook business page. I, I typically post from Instagram actually, uh, and mm. it it automatically feeds. I get to pick whether I want it to feed into my personal Facebook page or my business Facebook page. So for me, if it's like pictures of my kids and stuff like that, it'll go to my personal page. But if it's um, strategic business stuff, if I'm like trying to be inspirational, then it goes to my Facebook page. Uh, Here's what I found, like probably the number one thing I like to say about social media. Social media is just that. It's about being social. It's not about selling. And I'm not surprised at all that Facebook has made it really hard for us to reach people and we have to pay because people don't come to Facebook to be sold to. They don't come to Twitter right. to be sold to or Instagram. They, it's about building relationships. And that is the basis of everything. That's the basis of building your business. That's the basis of building your list. It's about creating that know, like, and trust factor. I mean, that's marketing 101. And in order to do that, don't sell all the time. Um, and there's rules out there like the, like, you know, the 90-10% of just sharing and then um, selling, but I just have found that people people don't like you more when <laughs> use your email list to do both to build the relationship and sell to, and then you can when you do build the numbers on on social media turn them into subscribers turn them into to get people on your list and there are ways to do that you know I can talk to you about that if you want but but basically social media is about being social. So how have you gotten followers? Is it by following other people, by engaging in conversations, providing good content? Um, you mean on social media? Yeah. Um, honestly, if I'm going to be totally honest, I think a lot of the, the, um, the trajectory of growth for my quote-unquote likes and followers has been because of the name of my business. I think it's That's a novelty. Awesome. I think it's that is clever. Fantastic. <laughs> Do I think that I would have thirty one thousand Facebook likes if my business name was Coaching with Andrea Owen? No, I don't. Do I think a wow. lot of people like my page just because they like the name? Yes. So I'm thankful for that. I really am thankful for that. And I know it's hard these days to come up with a name that, that hasn't already been used or trademarked. And by the way, if you have a great business name, trademark it. <laughs> that's a whole other, that's that's a whole other podcast. Really good advice. But um, yeah, um, but yeah, I think that a lot of it is it really just was about the name, and um, and and then after that, it's about being consistent. It's about posting things that are shareable because that has helped me spread like wildfire, and. I mean, I hate to say it, but it's just like being nice <laughs> mm-hmm. and kind, but, but being really clear with your message too. And don't dilute your message because it, it confuses people. And 
Yeah, all of that's important. Yeah, I think that's all important. And I think that, again, these three pillars of your platform, your subscribers, your social media followers, and then your website, they really are very integrated. So if you were just going to, let's say, focus on newsletter subscribers, you still have to find a way to get people to your website. And mm-hmm. you have to have a website. And you have to have content on your website because that's normally how we attract people to sign up for our newsletter. So, um, you know, all, all of the different aspects of building a platform really feed into each other. When you were talking with your agent about waiting six months to grow your platform to see if you could get a better deal, did you have targets for how much you'd want to grow your platform? Were there, you know, numbers that she suggested? No, there weren't. And at that time, I think at the time, I have to pull up my book proposal, but I think at the time I had about nine or 10,000 Facebook likes. Again, I had 3,000 newsletter subscribers. I believe I had about 3,000 Twitter followers. Um, I don't even think I had joined Instagram yet at that point, and I had about a thousand followers on Pinterest. So, you know, it's it, like she was saying, she's like, it's not impossible for you to get a deal, but you could get a better one if your platform was bigger. So it was kind of up to me. And again, like we were saying last week, it was like Shark Tank. Like, do you want to take the deal? And I took the deal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you had a little bit you know, of a gun to your head there. The the book has helped my platform for sure. My newsletter. So now. Okay, so my book came out in December, and now we're in May, so it's only been about six months or so. My newsletter subscribe, my list now is at 5,400. So it's grown. Wow. Well, I, it's actually more time because I don't know, I don't remember exactly where I was when the book came out. So it was slowly growing between, because that was like a year between the proposal and the book actually coming out. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was, a, it was a big oh, my God, look at all these people signing up. And I gave away chapters well, of the that, book. I, mean, I had a pop-up, you did, which I swore I would never You did do. say, and I think this is exactly right, it used to be that you had to really have a platform in order to have a book. Now people use a book to grow their platform, and that's a really great example of how that happens. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it worked. It helped a lot. So in these kind of two interviews, we've talked about how to get a traditional deal, why you might want to. There's been some, you know, a little bit of pros and cons there because there's reasons for both. How to help you get that deal by growing your platform. We've got a couple minutes left, and before we kind of finish our little series here, I want to hear advice for you. If somebody, and you talked about the fact that you wanted to write a book from the time you were eight years old. And I've heard that over and over for my clients. They've known that they've had a book in them. And for some reason, they can't get out of their own way and get it done. So mm-hmm. what advice would you give to somebody about getting their book done if they're struggling but they feel like you did, like you're supposed to write a book? Yeah, it depends on how people are motivated. But I, I think a lot of coaches and a lot of people are motivated with accountability. Because if it's just you – For me, like left to my own devices, it's not going to happen. So I talked about this briefly last week that for me a huge piece of accountability was announcing to the world that I was going to do it. I I told all of my blog readers that I was going to write a book. Like I declared it. Uh, And then also I would post it on social media and agonize over it, things like that. But if, if that's not your thing, then either enlist a friend or a partner or hire a coach who will light a fire under your butt 
and, and get you to write and make, you know, make goals and just, okay, I'm going to write, you know, there's like that national November, like where you national write a novel or whatever. Yep. I don't know what it is, but they want you to write like a thousand words. Nano write mo. Like that. And, yeah. yeah like that didn't, I don't love that. I, my life is too crazy to be able to write every single day, but I could tell you how much I could write in a week. And so you have to figure out whatever works for you and just, you know what worked for me too, Angela, was like just having that thought in my mind that I know Martha Beck calls it the shitty first draft, and I love that because I got so caught up in like this first draft, people were going to read it, and this was going to be it, and it was going to be ridiculous, <laughs> and it keeps us paralyzed. Absolutely. So just write with, with no, with the end in mind not being that people are going to read it. Write it for you. Just, yeah, you know, act like you're writing a letter to a friend, like whatever works so, for you. And Andrea yeah, Owen is the author of 52 Ways to Live a Kick-Ass Life. Andrea, you've been so generous with your time these last two weeks. Um, please go to yourkickasslife.com. She's got a great book, blog post called How I Got a Traditional Book Deal where she talks about uh, what we've covered in the last uh, two episodes of this show. Um, and please go buy her book. It's on Amazon and in bookstores near you. Thanks again, Andrea. Thank you so much, everybody. Good luck with the book. And we'll be Bye. back next week on Book Journeys Radio, changing the world one book at a time. <laughs>